Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me, for tuning in today. We are going to continue our series on the theological cult known as the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, the last couple of programs, few programs, I've been going through some of the glaring errors in their own Bible, the New World Translation uh, Bible version that they produced uh, an anonymous group of translators, by the way. Their names have since leaked out by some uh, former JWs, some people that have come out of that cult uh, that, that uh, were aware of who these individuals were. So their names are out there now, but, but initially they, they kept it secret. They didn't want anybody to know who these translators were, kept it very secret, and they produced their own Bible version, tailor-made, tailor-fit to fit their own theology, and I've been giving you some of the just multitudinous examples of how the NWT has blatantly changed God's Word, has added to it, has subtracted from it, has done everything that the Bible says not to do, they have done, and that is what the NWT is. It's tailor-made to fit their own theology. I'll give you a couple of quotes. You might remember when I was talking with John and Patricia uh, they said that uh, some scholar that he named, I don't remember his name, said that the NWT, New World Translation, is the most accurate, the most literal rendering of the Bible from the original languages that there is. Well, I think we've seen that that is simply not the case. I've given you uh, at least 12 or 13 examples of how the NWT just blatantly changes God's Word. And, and there's, oh my goodness, I mean, I, I could, I could, probably talk about this uh, just give you if I were to give you all the examples uh, we'd be here for months that uh, there's just it's just all over the place it's a terrible translation but um, don't take my word for it uh, I'll quote you from another uh, man a, a doctor who has written his PhD dissertation on Greek Dr. Robert Countess C-O-U-N-T-E-S-S Dr. Robert Countess wrote his Ph.D. dissertation on Greek on the New World Translation, and he said this, quote, The New World Translation has been sharply unsuccessful in keeping doctrinal considerations from influencing the actual translation. It must be viewed as a radically biased piece of work. At some points, it is actually dishonest. At others, it is neither modern nor scholarly. And interwoven throughout its fabric is inconsistent application of its own principles enunciated in the foreword and appendix. H.H. Uh, Rowley, a British scholar, says this. H.H. Rowley says this, quote, From beginning to end, this volume is a shining example of how the Bible should not be translated. So, if you get into a deep discussion with a Jehovah's Witness, they might throw this out there. Well, our translation is the most accurate. And even if you can't immediately bring all these examples to the forefront of your mind, you can confidently say, no, it's not. There are dozens and dozens of examples of how the NWT blatantly 
adds to the word of God and takes away from it. They don't, and you might at least remember this. There are so many examples of how they deliberately change the wording in order to undermine the deity of Christ. That's one of their big things. Uh, the deity of Christ, they do not like that. They deliberately undermine it, uh, change it, change the text to diminish Christ's deity, in fact, to uh, deny Christ's deity. And they also deliberately change the text to support their doctrine of annihilationism. They do not like the concept of eternal punishment. So that's two things you can keep in your mind. Hey, your Bible diminishes the deity of Christ and does not believe uh, does not hold to eternal punishment. You deliberately add to the Word of God. You take away from it. You insert words that simply are not there. And, but uh, anyway, I hope this list has been helpful for you. All right, so today I want us to change directions just a little bit. We're going to continue our discussion of the Jehovah's Witnesses. But today I want us to look at some of their false prophecies. Uh, this is... This is one of the easiest ways to tell a false prophet. The Bible gives a number of criterion as to how to discern a false teacher, a false prophet. Uh, if, if a person peddles the word of God for personal financial gain, then he or she is a false prophet. If a person claims some other authority other than the word of God, then he or she is a false prophet or false teacher. In other words, if somebody claims... Uh, to have some authority for what they are teaching other than the scriptures, then that's a telltale sign of a false prophet. Of course, the Word of Faith movement does this with, well, God spoke to me. Let me tell you what he said. I was watching Robert Morris this morning, and uh, he made some audacious claims about what God supposedly spoke to him about. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church did, does this because they appeal to the, the uh, not only the Bible, but also the Apocrypha and also church tradition, also papal statements that are made from the Pope. Uh, so they appeal to other sources of, sources of authority other than the scriptures. So that's another way to discern a false teacher. If a person habitually displays questionable moral character, then he or she cannot speak for God. If a person does not have a lifestyle that is marked by personal holiness and, and increasing sanctification, then that person cannot speak for God. So these are all signs of false teachers. But one of the easiest ways to tell a false prophet is if said person offers prophecies that just do not come to pass. That's pretty easy, right? I mean, if I prophesy, if I say that God tells me that, um, the I don't know, if I say God told me that the Detroit Lions are going to win the Super Bowl this next year and they don't, well, then that makes me a false prophet, right? So uh, pretty easy, and uh, guess what? As as luck would have it, or providence would have it, the Watchtower Society has a long, long litany of false prophets or uh, prophecies, and false prophets too, but uh, false prophecies uttered by said false prophets, long litany of them, and the Watchtower Society appears to be particularly fascinated with prophesying the end of the world. I mean, they don't go for the little stuff, you know. It's the hey, shoot for the stars. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to offer a false prophecy, hey man, you know, get a get a good one in. Shoot for the stars. So they they don't go for the small stuff like uh oh, I prophesy that um, you know, some leader is going to come out of this particular church or, you know, blah blah blah. Uh, no, they they go for the big stuff, the end of the world, Armageddon. So, 
give you a few examples of this. The Watchtower Society literally has made dozens and dozens of false prophecies uh, dealing with uh, Battle of Armageddon, the end of the world. The Watchtower Society has predicted the end of the world uh, on at least 13 different occasions, uh, major occasions, and yet they also have a number of kind of other statements that maybe they didn't directly say, okay, we are prophesying right now, but they've made many, many, many statements indicating that the end of the world is near. But they've made uh, 13 major prophecies about the end of the world. They predicted, prophesied, that the end of the world was going to occur. First prophecy, the end of the world was going to be in 1877. Uh, oops, that didn't happen. Then they say, oh, no, 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 not 1877. It's going to be 1886. We just missed it by about nine years. Well, that didn't happen. Then they say, oh, 1914. Charles Taze Russell said uh, the end of the world, Armageddon's definitely going to be in 1914. Oh, that, that didn't happen. So, oh, maybe I missed it by year 1915. Well, that didn't happen. Oh, 1925, their next... Their next president, after Charles Taze Russell died, uh, Judge Rutherford, he predicted the end of the world would be in 1925, and of course that didn't happen. Then it was 1939, then it was 1940, 1941, 1942, 1943, so they apparently thought that World War II, those years, surely, that's that's Armageddon, right, with Hitler and Mussolini and, um, uh, what was the Japanese guy's name, uh, Emperor... Oh, I can't even remember now. My, <laughs> my mind went blank. But uh, World War II is going on, and they thought surely that was the end of the world. Well, that didn't happen. Well, 1946, maybe it's right after the end, uh, World War II ended. Well, no. 1950, oh, the the uh, Cold War is heating up a little bit. Tensions between the United States and Russia, Soviet Union. Well, that didn't happen. 1975, well, that didn't happen either. Uh, William Setner, C-E-T-N-A-R. William Setner is a former Jehovah's Witness. And I'll read to you a quote from William Setner. He said, quote, Now many Jehovah's Witnesses have that new disease called lack of memory. They can't even remember ever saying the world would come to an end. End quote. Well, uh, they did. This is a man who was a former J-Dub and came out of the cult, and I'm not saying he got saved. I don't know that much about him. I'm not at all saying that he's a Christian, but he just left the Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, kind of exposing them a bit. Um, give you a few, go into some of these examples a little bit more in depth. Uh, 1877, I'm going to quote to you from the Watchtower Society. Statements it made itself. 1877, quote, the end of the world is nearer than most men suppose. 1886, quote, the time has come for Messiah to take dominion of the earth. Well, 1889, quote, we present proofs that the setting up of the kingdom of God has already begun and that the battle of the great day of God Almighty, which will end in A.D. 1914. Now remember, this, this prophecy came forth in 1889. So uh, the day of God Almighty, which will end in A.D. 1914 with the complete overthrow of the earth's present rulership, is already commenced, end quote. And he said that in 1889. Well, here's what they said in 1894. Now, they still got some, they still got some wiggle room there. Still got a few years, about, uh, what, 20 or so before 1914 comes along. So they said this in 1894, quote, we see no reason for changing the figures, nor would we change them if we could. 
They are, we believe, God's dates, not ours. But bear in mind that the end of 1914 is not the date for the beginning, but for the end of the time of trouble. End quote. Notice, they are claiming divine authority. They are saying these are not our figures, these are God's figures. They are not our dates, they are God's dates. And um, as if to just dig their hole a little bit more deeply, they said that 1914 will not be the end I mean, will not will not be the beginning of the end. 1914, they said, will be the end of the end. Well, that didn't happen. So, what did they say in 1904? Now, again, they've still got some wiggle room, still got a decade before the big 1914 date. This is what they said in 1904. Quote, The stress of the great time of trouble will be on us soon, somewhere between 1910 and 1912, culminating with the end of the times of the Gentiles of October 1914. So, um, 1914, year of the end. Uh, they said, uh, continuing, they said, there is absolutely no ground for Bible students to question that the consummation of this gospel age is now even at the door. The great crisis that will consume the ecclesiastical heavens and the social earth is very near. End quote. So that was a very detailed prophecy was it not i even gave the date not only the year i mean um, the month not only the year but the month of the year october 1914 that's when it was all supposed to uh, come crashing down this was a prophecy made by the watchtower society's first president charles taze russell and uh, after charles taze russell died uh, judge rutherford took the reins of the watchtower society 1914 came and went there was no Armageddon, and the world just kept clip-clopping along like it always has. So Charles, I mean, excuse me, Judge Rutherford, started the name of United States President there, but uh, Judge Rutherford came along, and uh, he continued, shall we say, the less-than-stellar endeavors of prophesying the end of the world on the part of the Watchtower Society. He kind of picked up where Charles Taze Russell left off in 1922. He published an edition of the Watchtower magazine, and in, 19, in this 1922 edition, uh, Judge Rutherford said the following, quote, The date 1925 is even more distinctly indicated by the scriptures because it is fixed by the law of God to Israel. One can see how even before 1925 the great crisis will be reached and probably passed, end quote. So he said this in 1922. He said that uh, by 1925, then the end will have already come and gone. And he said that this is uh, settled by the scriptures. Well, it appears as though 1925 wasn't quite as settled as they thought that it was. Now, one would think after this string of failings and embarrassments, uh, failings and embarrassments, false prophecies, which, by the way, according to the book, book of Deuteronomy, are worthy of death, worthy of the death penalty. Book of Deuteronomy, pretty clear about how false prophets are to be treated. They are to be stoned. Now, I'm not advocating physical violence. Uh, we are not held by that anymore. Uh, prophets, even New Testament prophets, were held to the same standard. But uh, the penalty for false prophecies, 
Uh, it is no longer binding. We are on the other side of the cross now. But the point of the matter is this. The, the sin of falsely prophesying is just as serious. The sin is no less serious. It's just that the penalty um, has been changed. We're not Israel. That was written to Israel. So we're not Israel. My apologies to those who hold to replacement theology. But we are not Israel. Uh, but if these people had been living in the Old Testament days, they would have been stoned a long time ago. Um, but so, anyway, one would think that after this long string of failings that the folks at the Watchtower Society would maybe take these failures as an occasion for pause, maybe a little bit of introspection, maybe a little bit of navel-gazing. But no, no, just like as is common with false prophets, they just can't help themselves. False prophets just can't help themselves. Like a dog returning to its own vomit, they keep returning to the same old false prophecies. They keep uttering them. They keep right on churning out their false predictions. Here's a few more. In 1930, they said, quote, The great climax is at hand. 1931, quote, Armageddon is at hand. 1933, quote, The incontrovertible proof that the time of deliverance is at hand. Later in 1933, quote, that Jehovah has now opened these prophecies, and please note the use of those word, that word, dear friends, prophecies, not just predictions, prophecies. They say, quote, that Jehovah has now opened these prophecies to the understanding of his anointed is evidence that the time of the battle is near. Hence, the prophecy is of profound entrance, interest to the anointed, end quote. 1939, Watchtower Society said, the battle of the great day of God Almighty is very near. From May of 1940 to 1943, the Watchtower Society made no less than 44 different predictions slash prophecies of the imminence of Armageddon. 44 of them. Uh, a few examples. In September of 1940, they said, The kingdom is here. The king is enthroned. Armageddon is just ahead. The great climax has been reached. One year later, 1941, quote, The final end is very near. They also mentioned uh, the remaining months before Armageddon, remaining months. So presumably the, the Armageddon would happen before 1942, or at least by 1942. Then a few months later, they said this, quote, The time is at hand for Jesus Christ to take possession of all things. Um, news flash to the Watchtower Society, Jesus Christ is already in possession of all things. So uh, uh, thank you very much, but he's got that covered. Um, so, but anyway, I digress. May 1942, quote, Armageddon is immediately before us. May 1943, Watchtower Society says this, quote, the final end of all things is at hand. 1946, quote, the disaster of Armageddon is at the door. 1953, quote, Armageddon is so near at hand it will strike the generation now living. Now, that, that, that's just a few. Uh, and that last one I read to you was from 1953. And surely you're thinking, okay, yeah, they really blew it, and surely, but surely they're not doing that anymore, right? They're not making any more false prophecies about the end of the world, right? Well, nope, they're still going at it. Let me read to you uh, from 2005. Here's another one from Watchtower Society. Quote, there is no doubt about it. The end of Satan's system, and by Satan's system they mean the world, the end of Satan's system is close at hand. 2006, they said, quote, Soon this world will come to its end and the Armageddon is but a short time off. Dear friend, the Watchtower Society 
has uttered dozens and dozens and dozens of false prophecies. So um, next time a Jehovah's Witness or two of them come two by two to your door and they knock on it, uh, this may be something you want to bring up to them. And if they're if they're intellectually honest, they'll have to admit it. If they are intellectually honest, say, you know, your Watchtower Society has had dozens and dozens of false prophecies about the end of the world in Armageddon. And if they say, no, 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 that's not true, then you say, oh, yes, it is true. Starting with your first president, Charles Taze Russell, who predicted the end of the world in 1914. And, in, and the end of the world has been predicted by your society, Watchtower Society, dozens of times since then. Yes, it is true. It is true, dear friends. So um, press them on this. Press them on that. All right, dear friends. I hope that this has been interesting for you, and we will wrap up our discussion of the Jehovah's Witnesses here in the next day or two. I hope this has been helpful and give you some uh, good ammunition in your apologetic arsenal. All right, dear friends, thank you for joining me. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.